When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. What a day. So much going on. Thank you to everybody who was part of our talk shop live last night. The people there were thrilled beyond words with how many people joined it and had so much fun with it. And thanks especially to Ryan Clark and and Chris Russo for being a part of it. Um, The anticipation for the book has been well beyond anything I ever imagined. I've written several books before. People weren't that excited about them because they weren't sports books. I'm finally right in the middle of people want me to be in, and I couldn't have done it without my main man, Hembo, whose research is exceptional. And so now the book got your number. We are less than a week away from being in stores and being delivered to everyone who ordered, and you can order it right now. It is called Got Your Number. And we, we have been trying to make more autographed copies available. We put them up on Talk Shop Live last night. They're going to sell out immediately. So if you go to my Twitter page right now, at ESPN Greeny, at the top of the page, pinned to the top, you can click on that link and you can order autographed copies. They are first come, first serve, and they're going to go super fast. So at, if, if, if the past is any indication of what's happened so far. So my advice to you is to order it immediately. We'll keep trying to get as many up there as we can, um, but... To our everlasting delight, you're going through them faster than we can get them out there. So um, if you are interested in an autographed copy of our book, first off, thank you. Second off, go to TalkShopLive.com and search my name or go to the top of my Twitter page and click on that link and you can order your copies right now. So with that, for that, again, as always, we thank you. Now, a few other things that are going on here that I found interesting that we haven't even gotten to today. Bubba, did you see the comments from John Mara, the owner of the New York Giants? I did. This to me is fascinating, really, really interesting subject to discuss. So one of the things that has happened at the NFL owners meetings, of which I knew nothing, was that a proposal was made to allow flex scheduling for Thursday night football. And it's easy to understand why that would be. Amazon has jumped in on the NFL's broadcast. I'm not sure if broadcasting is the right word, but whatever. The ways that we all watch these games now. They did a terrific job, I thought. I thought they did really well. I liked their broadcasts and, you know, everything worked out well technologically. So it was all a huge success. And for the NFL, it's a, the greatest thing that could ever happen. Because last I've checked, Amazon seems to have a few bucks. And, and so that's a big win. And they are at least discussing, it seems... The idea of allowing flex scheduling, let's be clear on what that is, that two weeks in advance, you could take a game between two bad teams. Let's just say you have a matchup, you know, in late November that is going to be less interesting than others because you have bad teams playing and they could flex that to a matchup between two good teams. NBC has been doing it on Sunday nights for years. There's talk about us doing it on Monday nights. Doing it on Thursday is obviously very different from those because... The way they do Thursdays, because the players hate playing on Thursdays so much, is that every team plays once on a Thursday and not twice. You might say to me, Greedy, the Cowboys always play twice on a Thursday. No, they don't. They play Thanksgiving Thursday, and then they play the following Thursday. 
they're not playing on two short weeks. No team plays on short weeks twice. This would change that. And that's going to be a dramatic change in the sport. John Mara is also bringing up the way that's going to impact you and me. Because all I've ever been is a fan of the sport. My parents were season ticket holders to the New York Jets from the time that they used to play in the polo grounds until, well, until whatever year MetLife Stadium was built. Uh, so sometime in the last 15 years. They were, they were season ticket holders for 50 years. And John Mara says that he is adamantly opposed to flex scheduling for Thursday night football and called it abusive to season ticket holders. He said, at some point, can we please give some consideration to the people who are coming to the games? And it's a really interesting topic to me, maybe because this is personally significant to me, having been a season ticket holder all through my childhood. Again, my parents had these tickets for 50 years. Here's the way this thing has changed as I see it. There was a time when the experience of sitting in a stadium watching a football game was greater than the experience of watching it on television. And what they tried to do was come as close to simulating the in-stadium experience on TV as they could. Fascinatingly, with all the advances in technology and all the other ways that the sport has changed, the greater experience, at least in my opinion now, to take in a football game is to watch it on television. And they are doing everything they can to simulate the at-home experience in the stadium giving you all the fantasy numbers up there and all the other things that they do with these games because they want the experience to be more like you're getting at home. Now, of course, there is always and will always be nothing like the experience of sitting out there with 80,000 people screaming and yelling. But boy, sitting on your couch is a lot easier. So the point is, the Green Bay Packers have had a waiting list of 50 years to buy season ticket, uh, tickets or something like that. At what point? Do the owners need to take that into consideration? So many more people are watching these games on TV than are going to them. So much more money is being generated and can be generated by the TV than by the in-stadium experience. There's just always going to be a limit on how many people you can have buy tickets. And they've got 20 million people a week watching these games. Where do you, if you are John Mara, whose family has owned the New York Giants since their inception... They are a founding family of the NFL. What consideration do you feel you need to give to your ticket holders just based on the right thing to do morally or ethically or whatever word I'm looking for there? Because clearly the right thing to do for financial reasons is to allow the flex scheduling. The ratings going up on TV are helping. It means a lot more than how much people are spending on tickets because for that, there's always going to be a point of diminishing returns. More and more and more and more money. And that benefits the players, too. The same players who are complaining about the Thursday night flex scheduling, well, they get a share. Their salary cap is directly tied uh, by percentage to how much revenue is being generated. So more money equals more money for everybody. So where, Hembo, does the ticket holder come into this equation? Well, I think it's pretty clear. Unfortunately, they're at the very bottom of the totem pole now. And maybe that's been that way for a while. And I can sympathize. My, my in-laws have been giant season ticket holders since the 1960s. And when there's a game that's scheduled at night, they sell them. They don't even bother. It's just kind of baked into the cake now. I think it's admirable that John Mara is willing to, to stick up for those people, for the little guy. But ultimately, it's going to be a fool's errand because Amazon is paying literally $1 billion a year to broadcast something like a dozen games. 
the tech money that is being infused into the NFL is this was just a natural progression. Maybe we're, we weren't thinking about it at the time when it happened, but I think this is just now a natural byproduct. And like you said, players are going to complain. Player safety, you say, and I get it. But the tech money that the NFL has received from Amazon and others is going to increase player salaries. So when you just consider the fact that the NFL is a business and the primary interest is to make money, if you can't go to the game, someone else will at night. Yeah. And they know that better than anybody. And we know that the players don't like playing the Thursday night games. What I've not seen is actual data that says there are more injuries of consequence on Thursday nights. Now, I'm sure there are some more. It just stands to reason. But how many more? I'm really not sure. I know this has been a conversation I've heard had many times, but I've not seen evidence of it. Now, again, I'm not trying to sell short the importance of that. That should be the most important thing. But injuries are part of football whenever these games are played, and it's always going to be. So I get it. If I'm the owners, I totally understand why you're thinking, well, let's, let's just find ways to continue to make more and more money from TV. Millions and millions and millions instead of tens of thousands of people are enjoying the games that way. We're entertaining more of them, not less of them. Uh, where do the ticket holders, and I think there's also an element of if, if 80,000 people, and that's obviously too big a number, if 10,000 people don't want to go to this game because it's at night, there will easily be 10,000 others who do. So the, there is no net loss here. We're still entertaining the same number of people. We're still giving that experience to the same number of people. Just what loyalty do the people who have supported them forever deserve? It's, it's, a, it's a complicated question. And we, we learned I, by accident, of course, that in, in 2020 – when very few stadiums had people in them and no stadiums were full, really the product hardly suffered. In 2020, we played games in some cases without anybody in the stands, and the NFL was a rip-roaring success. They got everything right. TV is ruling the world now. The, the technology money. like all This is just unfortunately the world in which we live. And so if you're a kid who can't go to the game on Thursday night and you planned on going on Sunday, that stinks. But unfortunately, the NFL is primarily tasked with maximizing profit they do it as well as anybody in the world and they have the best product in the world so i think this is going to be one of those deals that john mara and other owners who don't like it are just going to eventually have to swallow yeah i I, I guess um and again it's going to make a lot of money for john mara so Mm -hmm. the idea that he has to swallow it I, i commend him for at least taking that into account because the reality is the uproar over this i think will be minimal i do too i mean i mean minimal because look the truth is I like watching the games on TV. And how often, <laughs> how often have we come in here on a Friday morning and complained about how bad the game was that we just had to watch? Right. This is going to help us. This is going to benefit more people than it doesn't by an order of magnitude. John Mayer is saying the right thing, but it won't wind up making a difference. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I'm interested to hear what people think about it. The next conversation is about sports immortality. I am Greeny. We're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We're back in a flash on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us 
negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We come to you live, as always, from the Seaport District to Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Delighted to have you along with us today. Just a, a really fun day and a fun, exciting time for Hembo and for me with the upcoming release of our book, I think that they sold out again, which means we're going to have to change course here. I'm just waiting for confirmation on that. Hembo, let me know if we get that, and then we'll go to the next plan here. Um, So we thank you so much for all of your support and your interest in this. It's been, in all honesty, it has been infinitely greater than I was expecting. Um, The book is called Got Your Number, and we will be in stores and everywhere else next Tuesday. And um, the pre-orders have just done ridiculously well. It's the first sports book I've ever done um, the debates last night with Chris Russo and Ryan Clark were just phenomenal and an indication of what this book is about. It is a combination of sports debate and sports history, which is obviously a popular combination and I think needed for sports fans today. So if that's something that's interesting to you, if that's something you think would be interesting to someone you know um, to give as a gift, then we would love for you to be a part of it. Again, it's called Got Your Number. It's available for pre-order everywhere. Now, Having said that, you're making us feel like Hall of Famers, but we are not actually that. Actually, I am, but that's neither here nor there. How many Halls of Fame? Are we including Halls of Achievement? Sure. Three. You're in three. Yeah. You're in two Halls of Fame and one Hall of Achievement. That's correct. Where did you achieve Hall? Uh, at the, the Medill School of Journalism at Northwestern University. So that is their equivalent to Hall of Fame. They call it the, the, Medill, they call it the Hall of Achievement. So you're a three-time Hall of Famer. I'm, I, well, I mean, I, I, I have debated with others whether or not. Actually, hmm. in having a conversation with my daughter, um, we started talking about what people would call me um, if, if and when someday she has children. What do I want to be known as? And I definitely do not want to be Grandpa Mike. Like, I have zero interest in that. The word grandpa is not going to be in the, that's just not happening. I'm not a grandpa. (laughs) That's just not what's going to happen here. So I said, you know, we we still need some sort of 
title, right? You have to be a titular. It can't just they, the kids can't just call me Greeny. Like my grandchildren can't just be like, "Hey, Greeny." I mean, I guess in theory they could, but that wouldn't seem right. So I was thinking maybe they could call me the Hall of Famer Mike Greenberg. I thought that that might work. That's like, a mouthful. It, yeah, but I mean, let them learn early. Like, why why would that be so? We need bad? something titular, but not something so lengthy. I, I I don't know. I think I, I think lengthy and titular actually sound even more impressive. <laughs> let them be impressed with me. <laughs> that won't be an issue. So if if not, Grandpa. Do you like, like, pop-pop? No. Pop-pop. No, I want to be the Hall of no, Famer Mike Greenberg. No, you need to pick a, a grandpa-adjacent word or No, term. I don't think so. I don't think you Hall have to. Hall of Famer, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Sure it does. If you're two and a half years old? Yeah, try it out for size sometime. You'll like it. Uh, and and they, they could start way before two and a half. Let's start indoctrinating them early into this. <laughs> Let them understand just how important a person that they, uh, that they actually have. Anyway, the point is Woj has announced, and the official announcement will be this weekend, the Basketball Hall of Fame class for 2023. And I, I, first off, congratulations to them all and extraordinarily well-deserved. I've always had a little bit of a confusion with the Basketball Hall of Fame, which I visited on numerous occasions because I lived in Connecticut for so long and, and the Hall of Fame is in Springfield, Massachusetts, which is a very close by and an easy drive. So I've been there on a, on a number of occasions. Um, and it's a wonderful Hall of Fame. If you're thinking of taking your family to the, the Basketball Hall of Fame, I definitely recommend it. It's a fun, fun day. Um, but it's confusing because it's not the NBA Hall of Fame. Like the Pro Football Hall of Fame is the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The National Baseball, what is actually called the Baseball the Hall of Fame is, what's it actually called again? The, the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. And Museum. But, but it, it only incorporates Major League Baseball, right? There's no, they don't have, um, I mean, you can put commissioners in there, but I mean, they don't have like great minor league players no, in there. No, And there are Negro Leagues players in, and now that is considered okay, Major League But that's very different, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that's quite different, to be sure. clear, mm-hmm. than, than what they do with this, which is they put college players in, they put international players in. Um, and, and so it's always like, it's never quite seems right to me. Sometimes they'll actually name Hall of Famers, and I don't know who they are, yeah. which is a strange experience. Mm-hmm. Well, that's certainly not the case here. Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Greg Popovich, Becky Hammond, Tony Parker, Pau Gasol. Easy as can be, right? I mean, you, you have literally zero room for argument with any of them. But let's just consider what, what jumped out to you when you first saw this list. The first thought that I had was, this is going to be a really good day if you're a Spurs fan. Okay. What was yours? Okay, so, so, so that was your first thought. Bubba, when you saw this Hall of Fame class, what was the first thought you had? Um, no, no real thoughts. So that, that's, that's your way of saying you weren't paying attention to the conversation and we just kind of caught you off guard. No, I mean, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> okay. I, I heard it. Just, I, okay. I, 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 no thoughts. I will tell you what ha- Happy for them. Good was. for them. Okay. There are six names on that list. One of them is a coach, Greg Popovich. One of them was a women's player and now a women's coach, Becky Hammond. A, a, a female coach. She has coached in the NBA, of course. The other four are NBA players. Three of those four were not born in the United States. Three of the four, 75% of the Hall of Fame class of this year that played, that made their fame in the NBA, did not attend college in the United States and came directly from Europe to play. Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, Dirk Nowitzki. That is as good an indication of 
how much more global basketball is than all the other sports put together. I get the enormous influence of Latin American players in Major League Baseball and players from Asia in Major League Baseball. But for anyone who was complaining about the NFL trying to become more global and about Major League Baseball having this World Baseball Classic, just look at this. The top three contenders for MVP of the league this year are Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Now, Embiid did go to college here. He played at Kansas. Did he play more than one year? I don't even remember. One, one and done at Kansas. But still, not a one of them, of course, born in the United States. Another guy who will probably win an MVP someday is Luka Doncic. I, I'm, I'm talking about this as a wonderful thing. You have just taken your pool of talent, and instead of having it be 300 million people, you've now made it 4 billion people. This is why they do this. This is why the Dream Team in 92 was the most important team in the history of sports, because I think it is reasonable to say that 40 years ago, the NBA would never have had Tony Parker, would never have had Pau Gasol, would never have had Dirk Nowitzki, would never have had Giannis Antetokounmpo, would never have had Luka Doncic, would never have had, who else am I forgetting, could I just say, uh, Joel Embiid, would never, right? So it used to be, I remember when we would have conversations about, wow, this is a foreign-born player, Hakeem Olajuwon, before we all knew it, his name was actually Hakeem Olajuwon. Well, that's a, there's an, an unusual event. This isn't unusual anymore. The planet is filled with great basketball players. They all want to come play here and play in the NBA. That only makes the sport, the league, and everything else better. And the Hall of Fame class this year is reflecting it. The only one of them who was born and raised in the United States and went to college here is Dwayne Wade. He was born and raised in Chicago. He went to Marquette. He played in the Final Four, and he wound up being an all-time great NBA player. Tony Parker, Dirk Nowitzki, and Pau Gasol all took an entirely different path. Neither is better or worse, and they wound up in the same place. All-time great basketball players. I love it. Yeah, that's one of the great strengths of the NBA. We haven't had an American-born MVP since James Harden. That was five years ago. Giannis, Giannis. Jokic, Jokic. It's really, really cool and one of the strengths of basketball for sure. Did you do that on purpose? You said Giannis, Giannis, Jokic, Jokic. It's really, really cool. I don't, I don't even think you realized you did I definitely did not it. do it on purpose. You doubled the really in exactly the same way you had doubled the names, and it, it, it actually kind of flowed nicely. It worked. I'd like to say that I, took, I can take credit for it then and do it, did it intentionally, but I did not, did not. No. <laughs> no, see, now you've ruined it. Now you took something that was funny and organic, and you tried to make it funny, and it made it less funny. everything. Yeah, in, in that regard. Well, you don't ruin everything, but you ruined that. I ruined that, that. That's for sure. <laughs> see, now... I'm contemplating dismissing you from the program. You have now taken something that was funny, you turned it into something not funny, and now you've made it something impossibly annoying. <laughs> and, and, you know, this is what we have to get to the bottom of. Uh, okay, uh, Greeny with you here. Um, much more as we continue this morning. Uh, we got the, the Lamar Jackson stuff is fascinating. I can explain to you exactly why it's happening. I cannot explain to you where it's all going to wind up. This is ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greenie, the podcast. Greenie with you here on ESPN Radio. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. All right, so I literally just got this email. It came across in just a few few minutes ago, and I'm just going to read it. The Major League Baseball season obviously starts tomorrow, and, and we will dive heavily into preview of that. Tomorrow we'll get some guests on and we'll be ready to go. But I have this. The use of a pitch clock shaved 26 minutes off of spring training games this year compared to last as Major League Baseball is set to use it for the first time in the regular season beginning tomorrow. Games lasted two hours and 35 minutes this spring compared to three hours and one minute in 2022 as pitchers were given 15 seconds, blah, 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 blah. Major League games in the regular season last year averaged three hours and three minutes, so slightly longer, two minutes longer than spring training games. So if that holds, then one would assume that this will shave this regular season games this year down to somewhere between 238, 240, something like that. Let's call it two hours and 40 minutes to make it a nice, easy number. Spring games were also 35 minutes shorter than WBC games, which didn't use a clock, even though there were more runs scored per game in spring training than the WBC. So what is this telling you? It is telling you that these games are going to be much, much faster with the elimination of absolutely nothing. They are taking nothing out of the sport except dead time. There's an expression that we use in broadcasting, and it is my least favorite thing, and it is called dead air. If you've ever listened to me, and obviously you're listening to me right now, 
Um, all the years on Mike and Mike, all my years on TV, get up, this show, there is no dead air. It is, to me, it is the worst thing in the world. I don't like it when people pause to breathe in the middle of a thought because I feel like in the world in which we live today, you're just asking people's attention to move to something else. They're taking the equivalent of 25 minutes of dead air out of their sport and it is going to be so much better for it. Hembo, your thoughts? There's no question about it. Baseball isn't just going to be faster. It's going to be much better. Way better. In no way will baseball be worse. And I think even those few fans that are averse to the clock and like the timelessness of baseball will soon be on board with the pace at which the game is being played. Because there's going to have two positive effects. One, waiting 15 seconds between pitches instead of 20 or 22 over the course of time obviously means you get half an hour of your life back, which no one should pass up. But secondly, the implementation of the other rules, in addition to the fact that we have a pitch clock now, is going to inject a level of athleticism into the game of baseball that we have not had in many, many years. We have no more shift. We have bigger bases. They're making uh, stricter rules about pitcher disengagements. And what you're going to see is way more stolen bases. Middle infielders shine again. Baseball is going to look a lot more recognizable to older fans and younger fans like myself and even younger people are going to be, I think, sort of surprised and pleasantly so that baseball looks a little bit um, more active, more alive, more something what, like what you're used to seeing on Instagram, something more like what you're most used to seeing on Sundays when you're watching football. Baseball is going to make a resurgence this year in a way that uh, I don't think it has really experienced since the home run chase in 1998. You know, it, it's really remarkable um, that the people who are doing the most complaining are the ones who are going to like it the most. Mm-hmm. The older fans are saying, oh, they're making all these changes for the younger generation. Actually, you're going to like it better. That's the part of this that drives me crazy. And I'm going to make a checkmate argument. All right, if you play chess, you know what checkmate is. I'm going to make a checkmate argument. The most common complaint I've heard about this, and Hembo, I'm going to let you fill in the blank. What do people say has always been the beauty of baseball? What, what is the thing, that one thing that baseball doesn't have that all the other sports do that makes baseball so much more, that makes it unique and so much better in the minds of these people? It's the only sport without a clock. And when they say that, what do they mean? When they say that, do they mean there's no clock between pitches or do they mean the game doesn't end until the 27th out is recorded? No one has ever said the beauty of baseball is that there is no clock between plays. What they mean by that is the game ends when the game ends. A basketball game is going to end in 40 seconds, in 30 seconds, in 20 seconds, and so is a football game, and so is a hockey game. This doesn't change that in baseball. The timelessness of the sport is unaffected by this. You're going to have to record 27 outs to win a baseball game, regardless of how quickly or slowly they are recorded. So this nonsense that you are hearing from people who just don't know what they're talking about when they say baseball, the beauty of it has always been that it didn't have a clock. In that way, it still doesn't. The beauty of it remains. The game ends when the game ends, not when the clock runs out. That's what they've always meant by that expression. You can try and change that to suit your own argument if you feel like it, but that isn't what you meant when you said it all those years, and it doesn't have anything to do with what we are talking about now. I think that we're going to see this season, Greeny, the coverage of baseball, the perception of baseball explode. I, look, you know, no one, I don't think you know anyone that's a bigger fan of the sport than I am. Mm-hmm. I would watch the games no matter what. 
But if you've not watched a spring training game yet, or look, even if you watch the World Baseball Classic, which does not, which did not have a clock like Greeny mentioned, you're going to notice an immediate impact. In the second inning of games tomorrow that you're watching, you're going to say to yourself, oh, this is better. Why haven't we been doing this forever? There's a column up right now on ESPN.com. Jeff Passan interviewed a bunch of people around the sport, and, and somebody said, the person that came up with the clock, we should put him in the Hall of Fame right now. It will take players almost no time until they adjust. They're usually the last ones. By the All-Star break, we're going to wonder why we haven't been doing this for the last 50 years. Yeah, I don't think it'll take until the All-Star break. (laughs) And I agree with you, the players themselves are not going to mind it. And at the end of the day, that's not really what it's about anyway. The sport belongs to the world. It doesn't just belong to the players of this moment because a whole other generation of players is going to be born and come into the sport and not know any better or not know any different in the same way that a whole generation of football players have come along that don't know that we used to hit each other in the head all the time and say nothing about it. So, I mean, we made that change because it made sense. We make this change because it makes sense for different reasons and in different ways. There is no argument against it. There's literally no argument against it. I'm dying to hear the, you know what, actually, Bubba, do we have a minute? I'm just going to throw open the phones. 888-SAY-ESPN. Here's the one thing about our show that I promise you. I am not going to yell at you for disagreeing. We're not going to get into a fight. I'm not going to call you names or whatever it is. I want to hear from someone who legitimately disagrees. I want to hear 888-SAY-ESPN. I promise you will get to speak your piece and make your point. I'd like to hear right now, 888-729-3776. If you have a different feeling, if you still are opposed to the pitch clock, I want to hear why. I promise I won't yell at you and I won't let Hembo yell at you. I want to know why it is. And we will respect your opinion as strongly as we disagree with it. Bubba, are you good with that? Yep, we're taking calls right now. Go. One argument that I have heard, and this came on the heels of the Otani Trout at bat to end the World Baseball Classic, someone actually put the clock on that at bat. And none of those pitches would have qualified because each exceeded 15 seconds. One of the arguments is well, let's get through the regular season, but let's allow our postseason games to breathe. Are you open to that idea? Or, in your opinion, should this be a blanket thing that we just do? It's a blanket. You know who's not going to be pitching in the ninth inning of a postseason game? Shohei Otani. And neither is any starting pitcher. They're going to have been yanked after the fourth inning. I'm not interested in hearing about these dramatic uh, 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 pitch at bats that have long since ceased to be a part of the sport. Now, hey, Theo Epstein, you're so smart, and he is. That's what you need to figure out. Figure out a way to get me that back. Figure out a way to get me the starting pitcher still in the game in the ninth inning. You give me that, I'll make a trade for that. Go ahead, Bubba. Who is it? What's the name? Benny in Texas. Benny in Texas. Go, my man. You you have the floor. What is it you don't like about the pitch clock? Um, I I really think it takes away from, like, legendary announcers. I grew up on Vince Scully telling stories in between each pitch. You know, I... uh, you know, learning about random players like Sergio Romo against the Giants. Um, I I just think that it, that that's what's going to be missing is like legendary callers. Okay, I, I you know what? That's probably the best point I've heard made. Um, I, I don't in any way think that it is worth what we are gaining. For it, I do agree that the the beauty of Vin Scully being able to weave a beautiful story in the middle of an at-bat will be at least to some degree compromised. I used to love, again, Harry Carey was my guy. When I first moved to Chicago, you know, he would both be on radio and TV. 
and, and and I mostly watch that on television, but seeing him tell, talking about the fans in the stands and all the stuff that would happen in between the pitches, that is fun. So, okay, I'll give you that. But it strikes me as a very, very small consideration in all of this. And not only that, but do you know who will adapt to all of this in the same way that Justin Verlander will adapt to this and Aaron Judge will adapt to this. So will John Sterling and so will Susan Waldman and so will all the announcers. They will figure out a way to get their stories in and make the, the broadcast personal despite not having the same strength of t- uh, length of time. For sure. And Vince Scully was also a unicorn here. I, I actually <laughs> I did this study recently in which I put the start and end times to every World Series game in recorded history, Greeny. And I would like to ask you, over the last five years... an incredible thing that is to have done. Go ahead. By the way, okay, over the last five years, I want you to guess the average time of day on the East Coast that the World Series games have ended. So they moved up the starting time a little, right? Did they move it up to 8 o'clock? Did these games start starting at 8.07 or something like that? These games all start between 8 and 8.20. Everyone everyone here in the subset. So I'm going to say... Plus or minus right at midnight. I'm going to say it's basically almost exactly going to be straight up midnight. Over the last five years, the average World Series game has ended at 11.57 on okay. the East Coast. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that's, that's right. I mean, it, it doesn't take a genius. These games are almost four hours mm-hmm. long. And you're not there's, – there's just nothing better about that. The lateness of the, of the start is a whole other conversation. Sure. But to me, it's much better that a game, again, I live on the East Coast, so that is what it is. When I lived in Chicago, that was a little bit less of a consideration. For the folks on the West Coast, that's obviously an even lesser consideration, but it is a consideration. Bubba, who'd you say we have? We got David in Nevada. All right, David, go ahead. What is it you don't like about the pitch clock, my man? Although I don't like the game slowing down. I'm a Padre fan, so I have to get the uh, baseball package. Steven D will watch my games unless they're playing the darn Giants. Um, but I, I plan to sit there for three hours. That's my, well, even in front of my TV, I know what's good, how long it's going to take at least. And I hope for extra innings. I love baseball to go on and longer. Good. I mean, I'm delighted for that. I will say that if you would rather the experience take longer than less time, you are certainly entitled to feeling that way, but boy, are you in a minority. Like, that half hour of my life is something I'd love to have back. I want to watch the. You know what else it means? If you ordered the baseball package because you want to see your team play, you said you want to see the Padres play, you also can watch other games. There will be other games going on, and you can watch some of those if you want to. Um, I think we did the math on this the other day. How many days of your life was it? It was. It's, it's 35. Well, I'll do the math real quickly <laughs> in this calculator. Um, for most people, I would say this is a valuable thing. Um, what did we say it's going to shave? We're going to call it uh, conservatively 25 minutes per game. 25 minutes. So if you watch your team play every single game, that's 25 minutes times 162 divided by uh, 60 equals 67.5 hours that you're going to get back of your life if that's how much time they shave off of these games. So that what is that? That's almost three full days that you're going to get back over the course of a baseball season to do anything else you want to do. That has to be better for most people. And I respect the caller's opinion. It's a valid one. But with all due respect, you're not the client you're not you're not the fan major league baseball is chasing you're already captured the audience capture here is everyone else younger people other people 
ha- the, the fa- people like me, people like that caller, are going to watch no matter what. But there are many more people that are on the fence that teeter. Right. But that, I, I don't want to make that point because that's clearly the point. Sure. What I want to make the point is that the same people who think they don't like this are going to like it. Mm. So if he's going to say, I like it less because I'd rather spend that half hour watching a baseball game than doing anything else, okay, I can't really fight back against that. But he might, in a year from now, feel differently. You might feel differently, <laughs> but even if you don't, we're literally talking about one person. No, no, who feels, listen, that's... I respect the opinion, but that's insane. I mean, who would, given the option of taking longer or shorter to do the exact same thing, who picks longer? (laughs) You know, like I can, you can either knock this thing out in no time or all the time. You know what? All things considered, I'd rather have less time to do other things in my life. Like that's a, that's a unique perspective. Not to mention the fact that between the two, the start and end time, it's going to be better. It's going to be more compelling. Oh, there's no question about it. So tomorrow we'll do a ton of baseball preview. Again, uh, thank you for all your support and interest in the book. You can pre-order now. It is called Got Your Number. It's available anywhere that you get your books. And we will be back in better than ever with some more fun tomorrow here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.